Welcome to Wrestling Now. I'm your host. I'm Lloyd. Welcome, welcome everyone. Welcome back to my prog- my wrestling podcast. It's, excuse me, it's been a little while. Uh, I want to talk about this week's Dynamite, which was simply that. Dynamite. We had the first match of the evening. It's so good to see him back. I mean, I knew he had it in him. And he definitely displayed what he had in his arsenal. Christian is back. Captain Charisma, ladies and gentlemen. Captain Charisma is back. Christian Cage. Uh, He wrestled against Frankie Kazarian. This was a very interesting match because Frankie Kazarian hasn't really been a singles competitor in, like, never. So it's weird. I mean, yeah, he's wrestled maybe a few matches over the last two years or so. Of, of excuse me, of Impact. Re- oh my god, of AEW's uh, tenure. This is like maybe the second or third match that he's ever wrestled as a singles competitor. And Captain, and this um, this one's probably the most memorable because Christian and him had so has so much chemistry since uh, now I'm gonna say it since Impact slash TNA. Uh, those two have wrestled over the years in that company, and and they even tag team together. Um, so it was good seeing to it was that's why it was good seeing this first match because it brought back so many memories. And then so you know there was a few things in this match that actually went really well. There was so back and forth, but mostly Kazarian, he definitely had the upper hand of this match he three quarters of the match was basically his and then towards the end uh christian tried to hit a few kill switches and it was uh, unsuccessful the third one he the third one he he hit they, the, he tried it was definitely successful and it was really cool to hear the word kill switch or unprettier um, pretty i would have really gone gone with the unprettier because that's the move I remember, but I guess that's a WWE thing, so he's not going to call it that. But the kill switch, he definitely used it in TNA and Impact slash Impact Wrestling. So I'm definitely going to go with that, and that's fine with me. It's just so good to see him back, and it's a breath of fresh air again, once again, in AEW. You got Paul White, you got Christian, you got Sting. So many things going on right now. Women's division right now is taking a step to the next the next level. Um, it, it, everybody needs to be tuning in to AEW right now. And now fans are coming back into the stands. And now we're going to have fans back in, in Jacksonville every Wednesday now. And even coming moving forward, even th- during their pay-per-views. Same thing with the WWE and just about every wrestling company. So, oh, by the way, this was Christian's first match in seven years. Uh, he did come back to the WWE. He did wrestle over there, but he only wrestled in the Royal Rumble, and that was it. And they never gave him another opportunity to do anything else again. That's why he moved to AEW. I'm so glad he did this. And he, like I said, it was a great match, and Christian won the match. He won his very first match in AEW, and that was awesome. Uh, then there was this uh, little vignette with Sting and Darby Allin walking around in the middle of the night. And during this vignette, kind of a promo about Matt Hardy and how 
they don't care about any of his money and they don't care about money and he's evil and he's like the devil and they were just dumping money off a bridge and it was really fun to watch. Uh, that was a cool part of the show. Uh, Cody versus QT Marshall was the next match. Uh, QT Marshall didn't have an entrance, which was the first in a very long time. Like he was a jobber. And uh, this is basically a match with all of the Nightmare family surrounding the ring. And it was cool. And Arn Anderson was the special guest referee. And this was a really intense match because you could see it in the QT Marshall's face that he was just, um, he was all business. I don't know. He had little aggression, little passive aggressive aggression against uh, Cody Rhodes and everyone else outside in, in, uh, of the ring of the Nightmare family. So I knew something was going to happen. And just when I knew, I, I, I knew, you know, my instincts were right. QT Marshall turned on everyone. He turned first. He turned on Arn Anderson and punched him right in the face. Wow! And during the match, right toward like three quarters into the match, halfway into it, and then next thing you know, he goes turning on Tell Cody and and Aaron Solo and Anthony Ogogo and uh, Nick Camarado all turn on the rest of the Nightmare Family, beat the shit out of everyone. It was the most intense thing I've seen in AEW in a very long time. It was actually really cool. You know, it's finally opened our eyes and made these hunky-dory babyface stables don't look so so strong anymore. They're definitely weak, inner circle. I mean, they weren't a babyface stable, but they were a heel stable and they got exposed to the point where their weaknesses, they had weaknesses and and so did Cody's. And his was a baby face, the very same, just like uh, MJF and and Chris Jericho, except that it was Cody and Dustin and QT Marshall who were having the problems with, with QT. So this is this shit was crazy, man. Man, it was just like an all-out brawl, but no, it wasn't really a brawl. It was more like a mall and a beatdown because they all beat the shit out of like all the uh, everyone else: Aaron Solo, Anthony Gogo, like I said, QT Marshall, Nick Camarado beat the shit out of everyone in the Nightmare family. And then just when they were about to pile drive Cody Rhodes onto a, a steel, steel stairs, you had Red Velvet come out there and made the save. This shit was crazy. Uh, then uh, we also had another promo with Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Uh, I guess, apparently they're a tag team now and looks like they're not having it anymore and they're going to show the rest of AEW that they're they, they be in business. So let's see what happens with that. John Moxley won against Cesar Benoni, which was a fun match. Ryan Nemeth was ringside with... Um, yeah, Ryan Nemeth was there ringside. So it was, uh, you know, of course it was going to be interesting. And, uh, of course, he was going to be involved in this match more than once. And he did. He was. But, of course, John Moxley is John Moxley. He wins uh, the match with a sleeper. He actually put Cesar, big-ass Cesar Bononi to sleep. It was a very believable and It was a very cool match. And it actually made Cesar Bononi look pretty cool, too. Made him look pretty good as far as, like, on the roster. Not such a 
jobber or jabroni. He's actually a pretty decent wrestler because if people don't remember, he was in NXT for a little while. So, Team Taz starting to implode very slowly. They were cutting a promo. Well, basically, it was mostly Ricky Starks and Brian Cage, and it looked like they were going at each other about their uh, about their most recent match that they had and, and how they should have won it. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It looks like it's, something's going to happen to Team Taz. It looks like they're going to implode just like every other faction that's in AEW. They're not lasting, so it looks like we have new things coming. I like this. This is fresh and new. That means who knows? We, we may have a new faction. We have just a... Or they all just start splitting splitting ways, and they all go uh, having great, successful um, singles career because all these guys are singles guys anyway. They're all great singles wrestlers. Um, uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, uh, uh, Ricky Starks, uh, Cage, Ryan Cage. They're all great stars. They're all going to be stars when they split up. Even, I mean, they're together, but as a, they need to be single stars so they can shine on their own because they're all individually different in their own way when it comes to talented. They're all talented, but they're all in their own way. And you're, you're going to see it when they, when they split up eventually through time, in time. MJF uh, was with Pinnacle in their locker room and having a nice little party. And MJF was about to get going. And then next thing you know, he opens up the door and there's the inner circle waiting for them. MJF, Sammy Guerrero, PMP, proud, powerful, Santana Ortiz. And then they come busting in, beating the shit out of everyone in the room. They try to open up the other door in the locker room to get out of there. And there's... Our our brother Jake Hager just just waiting on the, in the other door waiting for uh, for Warlow. He's beating the crap out of Warlow, and this was just all out mass hysteria. It was so much fun to watch. And we had Don Callis making uh, uh, making the Bucks feel guilty about. This whole situation with uh, Kenny Omega, I don't know. I mean, it's cool and everything. I bet. Uh, are they a crew or they're not a crew? But it looks like they're not because the Bucks looks like they're taking a different direction. And Don Callis is actually instigating this whole thing and making sure that Kenny Omega and the Bucks are not friends anymore. I don't know why, because... Kenny Omega looks like they he wants to still be friends with him, but it's not working out because of Don Callis. He's he's the thorn in everyone's side. I don't know. Then we have, uh, but you know that's uh, to be continued until we finally see the Bucks versus uh, the Good Brothers. In an actual tag team war for the tag team championships, both on the line, I think that's where it's going to lead. Me, personally, if you guys hold on to what I'm saying, do it or don't. But I have my instincts about certain things like this. I have a feeling this is going to turn into not a, maybe a unification or just an all-out, you know, these guys are going to be 
uh, belt holders from other companies, the Young Bucks, just like or the Good Brothers. Who knows? But I have a feeling it's gonna be the Young Bucks. Of course, it's AEW. They're gonna. I have a feeling they're gonna take the a, the TNA uh, the Impact Tag Team Championships away from the Good Brothers, and they're gonna be on both shows eventually. And let me tell you something. That and then that's eventually gonna happen when they go to Thursdays. So that way on Wednesdays they can do they can do what they're doing now, doing their bit, and then continue everything on Thursday and then tape live on Thursdays and then bam then you have two successful shows on uh, continuity and they're work, both working together for the same good for both companies getting each company over come on man how many uh, you don't see companies do this shit that often like like this like you could see the plan you can see the formula ready just just building right there ready to happen and eventually when they go in the Thursdays I have a feeling, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to happen. Then we had the Lucha Bros. The Lucha Bros uh, and Laredo Kid versus the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega. This was a five-star match. I mean, I personally thought the Lucha Bros and the Laredo Kid were going to pull away with, with this match the way it was going. But, you know, I forget who the world champion is and who the tag team, Impact Tag Team Champions are. And, of course... Kenny Omega pulls away with a one-win angel on a, on a Laredo kid. So, you know, it's all good. It's all good. But it was a great match. I'm not disappointed, man. Then you're not going to be disappointed. Uh, Nyla Rose and the Bunny went against Ty Conti and Hikaru Shida. That was a magnificent tag team match. Like I said, the women's division are moving forward in a whole different direction. Nyla Rose is... Right now, in the next level of her career, the Bunny is finally breaking out and becoming a singles wrestler, or, or she's finally getting exposed more because the Bunny is a great wrestler, came from Impact just to be here, and she's not fucking wrestling. So, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm exposing everything. I mean, it's not like, it, and, no, and even Britt Baker said it in a comment she made, like it was about a, made, a day or two. Um, it's, it's not like the, we don't want you to see the women's division and what the women are doing right now, but they're progressing, they're training, they're learning more, they're trying to create storylines, they're trying to become the superstars that the WWE and other companies are, are, are experiencing now. So we just have to give it time. This company has only been in, this only been, this only, this company's only been in existence for two years almost now, and it's amazing. And not even counting the year before when they did uh, 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 um, uh, their original show. And that was just pay-per-views before the show actually became a company. So now, you know, and the women's division wasn't really a a main feature at that point. But they're building. And now they're building even more, especially after that Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa match. Make sure you watch that, ladies and gentlemen, please, if you haven't watched that match. So this match was just ridiculous. You had the Dark Order on one side. <laughs> then you had Butcher and Blade on the other. Uh, it was just ridiculous. And, of course, Matt Hardy ringside with Vicky Guerrero making sure, making sure, and, and the Butcher and Blade making sure that this match works out in their favor. And, of course, it did. I mean, the, 
there was there, I mean, there was so much leverage or more on Lila Rose and the bunny side. They had more people ringside, even though the Dark Order was there, and there was so much confusion. And of course, somebody else was going to get involved and get and take, get Ty Conti. Um, she got it. They I forgot who it was who interfered in the match and got Ty Conti hurt, and of course, she ended up getting pinned in the match. It was oh I'm sorry it was Vicky Guerrero she interfered and costed Ty Conti the the win and Hikar and of course her tag team partner Hikaru Shida but this was such a great match women's division taking another step not uh, notch up in the next in the, to the next level just like everyone else and the main event arcade anarchy Chuck Taylor. Orange Cassidy versus Kip Sabian, and of course the best man Miro with uh, Penelope Ford ringside. Man, what a match! <laughs> this is just another one. There was five stars. I would have never thought a corny ass match like this would become a five star match. Just listen to the name Anarch Arcade Anarchy, and who would ever think a match like this would ever become a five star? It's just wow, the the things they use they use like all the the gadgets and the and the and the machines that we use in a real arcade, like the mallet, you know, finding the groundhog. They use that one. Um, it was air hockey tables that people were getting thrown into. Man, this was crazy, man. And of course, I mean. This was the main event, man, and rightfully so. And it ended just great. This feud's going on for at least two months. And this is a great cap right off to it. This is a cap off to it. It's the way to end a great feud. And, of course, during the middle of the match, right towards the end, Penelope Ford was about to get involved and cost Orange Cassidy this match. And, of course, Chris Statlander comes out of nowhere out of one of the arcade machines and attacks Penelope Ford. And I'm so glad to see the alien. Chris Dadlander, the alien, is back. I don't know. A lot of people didn't like her gimmick, but I think it's cute. I think if she didn't get injured, she probably would have ended up being champion or still a contender to be champion or along the lines of being somewhere near that championship because she had a great gimmick. She's a girl. The gimmick is kind of so-so. That's It's hit or miss with a lot of people, but for me... I'm okay with it, but the but the main part about her gimmick is her wrestling, and she can fucking wrestle. So, and once this match was in towards the end, looks like uh, Miro Miro had charged Taylor down and out, and it was basically over. And of course, this is minivans, white minivan that's got their lights on. And of course, who comes out is Sue and Trent. <laughs> Trent and his mama Sue in the van. This was the best part of the match. Trent comes out, helps the best friends win this match. So good to see Trent back. It's now I can actually say. They're the best friends. The best friends are back. This is my favorite tag team in the division, even though they probably won't win tag team championship gold very soon. Very soon. 
they're still my favorite tag team because they gave the people what they want. And that's that fucking hug. I love that hug. And Chris Dadler came in, gave the people what they wanted to. Gave them that hug, just like them. This was such a great match. Best friends, of course, they won, and this was great. Oh, man. I can't wait for next week. I mean, yeah, AEW Elevation and AEW Dark is a little extra for me. That's like almost nearly four hours of TV content in two days. It's kind of hard for me. It's going to be hard for me to try and do a post show about those right now. But I will definitely, definitely give you a post show when it comes to AEW Dynamite. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I'm glad for the support. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Tell your mama. Tell your dad. Every one of them who loves wrestling. Tell them about me. Leave a message. I'll make sure. To, I'll make sure to bring it up. Thanks, guys. Have a great evening.